Hi, this is Jacqueline with Sound Body Wisdom. Welcome. Today in this episode, I would like to talk about this thing called stress and hopefully share some information or insights that can support you as you map it and understand what it means to you in your life. So in this episode, I am I'm considering stress and and looking at it more through the lens of the the mental and the emotional and how that can impact our physical body and our overall well-being and how that's connected into our biology and the design of our brain. So stress can mean different things to different people because each of us really has a different response to any given stimulus. And this is based on many factors um, in our lives. We know stress can be personal and that it is a really huge influence on our health and our well-being. And we also know that there are tools that can help us change our perceptions and our reactions to stressful stimulus, which then offers us more potential to shift the impacts of stress. So a stressful situation, whether it's environmental, such as, you know, like difficulties at work or psychological, such as persistent worry or emotional uh, connected into relationships. All of these can trigger a cascade of stress hormones that can actually produce physiological changes in our bodies. This combination of physiological reactions to stress is also known as the fight-or-flight response because it evolved as a survival mechanism, enabling people to react quickly to life-threatening physical situations. The sequence of hormonal changes and physiological responses, they're designed to help someone fight the threat or, or flee to safety. So again, responses to physical threats. But in our modern times, the body can also react to stressors that are not life-threatening, you know, such as traffic jams, work pressure, family difficulties, stressors that are, are more mental or emotional. And we can often get stuck in the stress responses, which means an ongoing cascade of the stress hormones and the changes that are reacting to these perceived uh, dangers for our survival. So over the years, researchers have learned not only how and why these reactions occur, but they've also gained insight into the long-term effects of stress and what it has on our physical and our psychological health. So over time, the repeated activation of the stress response, it really takes a toll on the body. And the research suggests that prolonged stress, you know, there's a list I'm about to read and it's like, wow, right? Like looking at the nature of how this really impacts us because it can contribute to things like high blood pressure, chronic illness, inflammation, heart disease, obesity, early onset aging, dementia. It can contribute to anxiety, depression, addiction. And, and these are just naming a few, right? So we're continually realizing the impact of ongoing stress to our health. And I think this is important that it's, it's not just like a soundbite to say, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta get less stressed or there's actual, um, there's actual impacts 
physiological impacts um, to our bodies and our minds, our brain health. So to understand, you know, we, we need to realize that our brain-body complex, it's evolved through time to meet our ever-changing environments and, and what this thing called survival has meant to us. Our neural circuitry in the brain, it's designed really to create habits, you know, and these habits make it easier for each of us to, to perform tasks and do things without having to put too much energy into it, too much thought into it. And every time you, you repeat a habit, whether it's, you know, some kind of a task or even a perception, a thought, a behavior, even an emotion, like all these, they, they become more ingrained and they can even just become unconscious and happening in the background. So the same is true of this habit of stress. So our stress and our threat reactivity, you know, it's partially shaped by our, our personal genetics, which, yes, <laughs> aspects of it can be passed down generationally. And then, of course, it's shaped by our experiences. But then it's also partial evolutionary biology. So believe it or not, our propensity to look for what we're going to call the negative is a human trait that we carry over from our very early ancestors. The brain keeps us closely tuned in to what is like bad or potentially harmful in our lives to ensure our survival. So the brain is a critical hub on every level, right, on this quest to survive. So without you even realizing it, in the course of just one breath, one breath, a quadrillion plus messages and signals will cross your brain in roughly that tenth of a second. So just take that in. All our thinking, emotions, desires, bodily functions, all of it are courtesy of close to one trillion brain cells as they fire in our brain, sending messages to other neurons. So basically, the brain is a, it's a connection machine constantly moving information around. Yeah, it's amazing to me. So research is really beginning to show us that a portion of this brain activity is dedicated in service to what we're going to call negative thoughts rather than positive. So the reason for this can be found in our ancestry, right, and the need to survive. So we needed our brains to constantly scan our surroundings for possible threats. And if you weren't diligent, you might not survive. So technology has allowed us to actually see the functions of different parts of the brain and the roles that they play. And you might have heard of this part of the brain, the amygdala, right? So the amygdala, or sometimes it's called our alarm center, has two-thirds of its cells dedicated to processing negative or potentially negative information. So this part of the brain, it, it dates back to our reptilian predecessors, and it's, it's often called the lizard brain. It differs from, say, the prefrontal cortex that actually helps us stop and think and evaluate situations. The prefrontal cortex, it, it takes us time to evaluate data and make decisions, where the amygdala scans moment to moment, and it makes fast snap judgments based on what is perceived as a threat. It's been wired to focus on the negative and quickly react. So our amygdala even stores 
memories we have experienced as maybe bad, threatening, or unsafe, and then can retrieve them the next time a similar situation arises. This has been a mechanism we developed for our survival. So every day we're faced with trying to balance our brain's deeply ingrained evolutionary tendency to survive and see these threats. And this primal reaction is then intensified by our own unique life experiences. So thousands of years ago, a threat was probably a wild animal or trying to find food daily when you had to forge for it. And while our modern times still have threats that are basic physical survival, we also have developed stress responses to everyday thoughts and emotions when it comes to jobs or social dynamics, relationships. In our daily lives, you know, some of us find our stress responses being activated continuously, you know, so much so that our system is not able to, to actually regulate and have relaxation. And to top it all off, our biology doesn't differentiate between a physical threat and a non-physical threat. So nowadays, threats to our safety, they, they also come from the emotional and the psychological realms. So this really amazing stress response in biological system is so effective and, and it serves to keep us safe, right? And we need to help adjust or adapt the information that we're sending to it so we can let it best support us and, and not stay in overdrive. And we do this by engaging our awareness and, and bringing light to some of our unconscious habits, the thoughts, the emotions. And our prefrontal cortex is a great ally for doing this. So yes, we know the potential here. We know we have this amazing biology and that it's evolved over thousands of years. Our stress response is a part of our design and it took shape due to very real needs for survival. And we know our brain and biology, it's ever evolving over time to adapt to our environment and our needs. Specifically, we know our brain has grown and made significant changes. Some of these changes have been in the cerebral cortex and also an area called the prefrontal cortex or the PFC. And honestly, to me, the PFC is, is one of our resources to really be able to shift our habitual stress response and, and bypass this older survival system. The PFC, it, it's an area of the frontal lobe, which is one of the lobes that makes up your cerebral cortex. And the cerebral cortex is that outer layer of the brain that's responsible for higher level processes such as thought, language, reasoning, uh, memory, like so much more. And then the PFC at the very front of the frontal lobe is responsible for what's called higher cognitive functions such as decision-making, emotional regulation, imagination, self-control, and problem-solving. You can tell as I say those, like, oh, I find them so satisfying. Um, so the PFC, it's been shown to be activated when experiences become conscious and that ideas and perceptions, they, they intertwine in this area and they help to create conscious experience. So the PFC 
like many aspects of our human biology, it is incredibly complex, right? The overview I just shared is so basic, but I share it to highlight some of what we know about this incredible area of the brain. And the exciting piece for me is that studies have shown that the PFC has increased in size over time, along with the overall size of the brain. And what this tells me is that, yes, we have these, these much older areas like the amygdala and, and the aspects of our stress response and a brain that is wired for survival, as we discussed. And the PFC has been developing and growing to support our evolution towards making different choices, towards discernment, conscious regulation, using our imagination to support a balanced stress response. We have the wisdom and the information to engage and develop our prefrontal cortex more and more to redesign our stress response, even our thoughts, our emotions, our perceptions, and so much more. So to do this, we need to practice making different choices and develop our relationship with our prefrontal cortex, with our habits, our biology, our minds. And there are so many paths to developing your awareness and your relationship with your mind. You know, as recently, I was having a conversation with someone very special to me, and his name is Asa, and I, I actually told him I was going to mention him in this episode because we were talking about stress. And the best way I could communicate why mindfulness or developing one's awareness is so important is because what it's really doing is that it's helping us to train our minds. And we, we know that our perceptions, our thoughts, our emotions they influence our biology, our well-being. They perpetuate our stress response. And that they can cascade. They can run in the background. They can be unconscious or even dominate, you know, what's in our minds in ways that can, can take us away from the present moment. We can maybe feel confused or maybe a little overwhelmed at times or... We can develop habits to cope or try and ignore it, deal with our bodies that are in this constant ongoing stress response. Or we can learn to train our minds, which is really about developing a relationship with our minds. You know, training, at least for me, it's, it's not about having power over something. It's, it's about being empowered with it's, it's connective. You, you want to train your mind so you can work together. And I just think there's so much more possibility in working together instead of being at odds. The mind, it's designed to think and imagine. It's, and it's so good at doing that. That's its job, right? And, you know, sometimes without any guidance, it can really... It can go overboard or go on overdrive. So we need to offer it some guidance. And we do that through what I'm calling training. We want to work with the powerful nature of the mind by interacting more directly with it so we can 
engage choice and, and boundaries as needed. It's, it really is. I mean, it's a magnificent vehicle that just needs us to steer it, right, on this journey through life. Or another way to think of it, uh, a metaphor that I find helpful to relate to this idea of steering or, or training the mind is, is that our mind is a, it's a bit like a puppy. You know, it's full of exuberance and energy. And the puppy plays and it explores and it can sometimes unintentionally get into mischief. So that's why we train the puppy, right? So it can still be energetic, curious, playful, magnificent, but with guidance and boundaries so there are less unintentional issues or maybe avoidable challenges, right? So our mind is like this puppy and it needs us. It, it needs us to train and guide and steer it so it can most effectively and safely be itself. And then we can hopefully have this more nourishing and supportive relationship with it. So, if you're open to it, I'd like to do one of the most basic practices to direct and guide our minds for just about a minute. You know, in a minute might seem like, ah, oh, that's, that's nothing. But as you practice, you understand how powerful one minute can be and how that can grow and build a foundation. So, wherever you are, you can find a space where you can comfortably close your eyes for about a minute. And if you need to pause here until you can get to a space where you can do that, go ahead. And you can feel free to sit or stand. And just, just let your eyes gently close. I want you to direct your attention to your breath. And all you need to do is, is just follow each breath in and out. So you're going to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And focus on how the air feels as it enters and exits your body. Notice the temperature and the sensation as it moves through your nostrils and fills your lungs. Notice if there's any pause before you exhale. Notice the air as it exits your lungs and out your mouth. Notice if your stomach expands, does your chest rise and fall? And just continue with each breath in through your nose, out through your mouth, and guiding your attention to this simple activity. And just noticing whatever you notice, focusing each moment back to the breath. And just continue for about 30 more seconds.
So wherever you are in your breath cycle, just gently allow your eyes to open. And notice what you see around you wherever you are. And notice your body. Notice any thoughts. How do you feel? And remember, there's, there's no right or wrong experience. It's simply the practice and showing up to the practice and asking yourself to notice and to grow your awareness. You can use your breath or you can use anything that helps you focus your attention. Again, even for just one minute. And you can increase the time as it feels supportive. And there, there are so many practices that help you to train your mind. And this is just one simple one that can be done pretty much anywhere at any time throughout your day. I know right when I first wake up in the morning, it's something I do. And usually before I go to sleep and then I'll find moments throughout the day. So these practices help to focus our minds and, and gradually learn to consciously engage areas of the brain like the prefrontal cortex and developing our relationship to our minds that can help us to relieve stress responses by understanding the habits of our own thoughts and emotions and, and so much more. The power of our awareness to interact in a more balanced way with our mind-body complex, it gives us more personal resource. You know, our stress response is there, I mean, really to support us, but we need to make sure that we develop our tools and practice our skills to retrain it, retrain the mind to function more sustainably for our daily lives. Okay. Thank you for spending this time with me. And as always, you can feel free to visit my website, soundbodywisdom.com. You can learn more about my book and other ways to study or connect with me. So until next time, this is Jacqueline with Soundbody Wisdom. Take good care. Mm-hmm.